Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Skywatcher What's Up webcast. My name is Kevin Lagore. I'm the product specialist for Skywatcher here in North America. Uh, the What's Up webcast is something we do every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, right here at the Skywatcher USA YouTube channel. Uh, we cover everything from what's up in the nighttime sky to equipment to helpful tips and tricks on imaging and observing. And of course, uh, at the end of the month, on the last Friday, we have a special guest on to talk about their specialty in the field of astronomy. So, um, it's Friday again, and today we're actually covering a topic that we had to reschedule from the spring, and that is the reflector versus refractor episode. Um, I know some of you have been waiting for this episode. Um, I will let you know there's not as many slides today. It'll probably be more me elaborating on the topic, but um, thanks for being here on Friday. Uh, if you like what you see here on the What's Up webcast, please go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Maybe leave a like on one of the videos. It lets us know we're doing a good job. And then we should keep going with this uh, whole webcast project. Um, if you do have an idea for an episode, please email us info at skywatcherusa.com. Um, if you do uh, email us, please note it, we do organize these by quarter for the year. Um, so some ideas will be used but they'll be used further uh down the line um at a later date so just because you don't see it immediately doesn't mean we're not going to do it so just an fyi so refractor versus reflector this comes up quite a bit um obviously uh they're two very popular designs and inside of each of those designs are variations of that design um so there's a lot that really kind of comes down to it when we're looking at these um, and of course it gets very opinionated especially online on some of the form websites a lot of you know everyone's gonna battle out with their equipment but quite honestly both telescopes and the designs um, they all give a great view of the nighttime sky but what's the benefits and why should you go with one or the other um, there are lots of options out there uh, of course, they come in various sizes, uh, variation in designs, uh, different offerings and specifications that might be ideal for what you're looking to do. Um, but a lot of people want to know what design is best, what's going to be better for you. And quite honestly, that's something you can only really answer for yourself. But hopefully in today's episode, going over some of the specifications of each type, uh, it might help you uh, logically figure out what's going to be suited for your particular needs um, and what design uh, works for you. So let's start off with reflectors. So reflectors, of course, um, as you can say, they reflect. They use mirrors. Um, I will note that today's episode is also going off of the assumption that you have basic knowledge of telescopes. So if you don't know what a refractor is, you don't know what a reflector is and all their variations, uh, we have done past episodes where you can go over and understand those designs. There are plenty of information online. Uh, there's books. There's all kinds of really good information out there for you to understand the difference between the designs of telescopes that we're talking about. But we are going off of the assumption that you have some background knowledge for today's episode uh, jumping into it. So, like I said, reflectors uh, focus light by using mirrors, generally a large primary mirror at the back of the telescope somewhere. 
these do come in a wide range of designs when we're talking about reflectors. Of course, the most popular ones, the Newtonian, which would also encompass the Dobsonian, like the one that you see here. Um, very, very popular design. Uh, we have classical Cassegrains. Uh, those also use parabolic mirrors. Uh, usually very long focal length. They don't have any other additional optics like corrective lenses in them or anything like that. Um, they're not too common nowadays, classical Cassegrains. There are some out there, but you don't see them that often. Uh, of course, Schmidt Cassegrains. I mean, we've seen these for years. They're one of the most popular telescopes on the market. Uh, you know, Celestron, Mead, uh, Takahashi has actually made Schmidt Cassegrains before. Uh, one. Um, but there are various manufacturers over the years that have made the very popular Schmidt Cassegrain. I'm sure many of us who are watching either own one or have owned one at some point. Um, but it's a very, very um, popular telescope design right now. Uh, Maxitoff Cassegrains, of course. We sell those here uh, through Skywatcher, and there's many other options um, out there. We have the Ritchie Cretion uh, using hyperbolic mirrors. There are a wide range of these obviously on the market as well. There's the, you know, very basic ones that you can get. And then there's the real high end ones that are also available out there. Um, and then of course, there's also corrected Dalkirkums, like what you see with plane wave. And then the list really goes on, um, cause you have standard Dalkirkums. Um, I'm sure there's some, I mean, there are a lot of variations, um, with reflectors. So, but it's basically a telescope that is fundamentally using mirrors to bring your object or image to the focus point. So generally pretty popular design, um, but there's a lot of options out there uh, with that. So let's take a little bit deeper dive in just understanding a reflector. Like I said, most of you probably already know what this is, but reflectors use a large primary mirror uh, to focus light that generally goes onto a secondary mirror of some kind. Um, this is a basic Newtonian design. Light comes in, hits the primary, goes to the elliptical flat secondary and out the side. Um, with the Cassegrain, light would come in, hit a flat secondary, and go back through a hole in the primary, or it would use a, a curved mirror and then back through a hole in the middle of the, uh, the primary mirror. But again, it's all primarily using mirrors uh, to achieve uh, your your image at that point. Now, one of the things about a reflector that comes up a lot is because a reflector has a secondary mirror, it, it has what we call a central obstruction. It is not an unobstructed telescope. Now, there are variations of reflectors, kind of more oddball uh, designs out there that do not have uh, an obstruction in the center of the they still use mirrors and they use different ways to bounce the light around using various mirrors but they don't have a secondary obstruction in the middle of the light path um, with a reflector when light comes in light also hits the secondary the secondary um, optical uh, component as well as whatever the support system of that optical component is um, you know uh, like a new Newtonian, we have a secondary spider. That's the four veins. Some of them have three veins, whatever. Um, light is hitting that and being scattered throughout the system there. So when you have a secondary uh, in your system, 
and you do have the scattered light, it can cause um, not only light scatter, but it can also reduce the contrast a little bit on there. Um, these are just uh, some, some things that come at a compromise to the system, and that's basically what a telescope is. It's a compromise. You're trying to find a design that lets you achieve certain things, but obviously that does come at some kind of price somewhere else. So that's how that works. Um, so that's probably one of the bigger things of a, a reflecting telescope, no matter the design, is it's going to have some kind of secondary obstruction. You know, if you've seen a Dobsonian, it has the secondary in the middle. Um, most Cassegrains obviously have the secondary in the middle, but as light comes in, it's going to hit and kind of reduce your contrast a bit. But where reflectors make up with that is the ability that mirrors can be made to almost any size. So larger aperture is going to actually allow you to resolve finer detail, therefore making up for some of that scatter. Because if you have a smaller telescope that doesn't have an obstruction, like a four inch telescope that has no obstruction, um, and you compare that to a 10 inch that does have an obstruction, the 10 inch is gonna win. That's just straight physics um, because it has more resolving power than the four inch does. Now, one thing that does come at a price, and this is regardless of whatever design you have, the larger the telescope is going to be, the more affected it will be from the uh, local scene conditions. Um, usually when you start to get telescopes, I mean, every telescope is going to be affected by whatever the atmosphere is going to do that evening. Um, but the bigger the telescope optic is, the more it's going to be affected. So if you're using a lot of these small little refractors that are on the market right now and doing imaging with those, odds are you're never really seeing the limitations from the local conditions because you're not magnifying that enough. Um, as you go larger, you will you will start to see that because as the telescope increases, it's um, magnifying more imperfections um, that are 